You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Hey, well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Startwell. Well, Saturday. Said last week, Charlie, it was next Saturday. Now you can say Saturday. That's when we play football. Yeah, I'm still a little bit confused by what is a next Saturday versus a Saturday, but it's game week. It is game week. So next Saturday we play Arizona. This coming Saturday. No, just no. Yeah. You're, you're butchering the King's English here. Southeastern Louisiana, 3 o'clock. This Saturday, we will kick things off. Charlie and I will start the pregame show at 1 o'clock. Man, I am so excited about football. I even turned on some games. I even tried to watch a little bit of Vanderbilt last night. Here's the thing I came away with last night. What has happened to Hawaii football? You remember Timmy Chang and all those guys out there? The June Jones days. Yes. They were so good at football. And now it's like, remember the old Battle of the Network stars they used to have on, on TV? Yeah. When all the stars from different networks would get together. You'd have like Chrissy from Three's Company and Yeah, and they were like Janet. They were running through these big old tubes and Mr. stuff. Mr. Roper out there. Yeah. I wonder if you had the Hawaii football team and the guys we played against in Portugal in basketball, if you had a Battle of the Network stars with those guys, who would win? Because Hawaii football is wretched. Boy, that's an interesting <laughs> That's an interesting conversation. I thought we played some plumbers over in Portugal, but woof. Yeah, and uh, it's, you really don't want to make fun of anyone in Hawaii right now with all the stuff they're going through, but their football program. Hey, but Vandy did win last night, able to pull it off. They won it 35-28. to 28. So Clark Lee, the head coach there, of course, had been at Notre Dame. And speaking of good football, I really came away with two things from yesterday. First, oh. I thought, you know, if we if we want to be real honest about it, I think the Heisman was probably locked up yesterday. By who? By, by. <laughs> so you watched you watched the Notre Dame Navy game in Dublin. It was in Ireland, right? Yes, it certainly was. I did not watch Sam th- Hartman, the Notre Dame quarterback transfer, looked really good. They've got a good running back defense. I will say this: I think uh, if you want to look at a way you open the season. A good, strong, quality opponent on the road. That's that's the way you open it up. And and then, look, you come home next week if you're Notre Dame and you've got a big Tennessee State team coming in, Eddie George year three, you can't rest on that. So, um, Hey, if you want to play Navy, you want to play them the first game of the year. Yeah, you don't want them to get better. No, and, and two is you can work all year long on getting chop blocked. That's right. So, Notre Dame, all right, let me ask you this thing. What did you think of Jason Garrett as a color analyst? Um, hmm. Well, so other games, I'm not going to be critical. <laughs> um, probably about like I did Jason Garrett as a play caller. By the way, real quick, to tie this into Mississippi State, talking about play calling, did you see Dak called the plays last night in the Dallas Cowboys game? All right, I'm going to be full disclosure right here. I treat NFL preseason games um, pretty much like I do – Spring practice in football. I don't watch any preseason NFL games at all. 
but he did he call plays last night and of course as you get used to as you got further in the in the preseason the less the starters would play and now it seems like the more you, you know the play in the preseason now the more to, more the starters play so yeah nobody's playing right no. now for the Cowboys they haven't played starters all year but here you go Dak called the offense last night and the Cowboys traded for another quarterback they got a guy from San Francisco you know that Cooper Rush is going to be the first backup so Will Greer a guy who you know, it's just he's going to get a job somewhere, and Dak probably helped him last night because Greer goes 29 of 35 for 305 yards, two touchdowns, carries it 10 for 53. So Dak, if nothing else, may have a future as an offensive coordinator. Probably be better than Kellen Moore. Indeed. Yeah, well. Indeed. But I did think it was an interesting approach, and Holmgren has done this before. He did it with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in a preseason game. But the idea is to have your quarterback, if he's not playing, to be thinking through how you're going to run the offense, what you're going to do. And I, I thought that was a interesting approach. It's kind of like letting a pitcher who's not pitching call the pitches in a game or a catcher who's not catching call the pitches in a game. It kind of That's why you see sometimes pitchers chart the game before they actually pitch to kind of get their – mental um, makeup ready for the next day yeah so I thought that was I thought that was an interesting approach but other games last night USC did you watch any of that you couldn't watch it because on the Pac-12 network I saw a few highlights of it but boy giving up 28 to former Mississippi State quarterback Jalen Maiden San Jose State yeah Moose is out there so so he was recruited to state by Dan Mullen is that right wasn't Maiden I think you're right. Because he came the first year for Joe Moorhead. And I'm trying to figure out who actually recruited him. I think it was Dan instead of Joe Moorhead. Did you see Maiden hit the football or hit the official in the face with the football? Yes, I did. So he's he's going down. And somebody said it's a great way to avoid a, a grounding penalty, just drill the official. <laughs> drill the official it. in the nose. All right, so USC last night wins 56-28 to at home. Jacksonville State, that's Rich Rod. He's over at Jacksonville State now. They won 17-14. to That was their first game in the FBS. They beat UTEP 17-14. UMass beat New Mexico State last night. UMass plays somebody in the SEC, don't they, this coming week? I think they play Auburn, don't they? I think they, they go to Auburn. Yeah. San Diego State, they won at home 20-13 to over Ohio. La Tech won over Florida International. And the fighting Commodores, 35-28 over Hawaii. So, week zero yesterday. I will say this. Uh, I thought that was really cool about, uh, you know, Notre Dame. I still think going overseas and playing in, in Ireland, no matter who it is, I think it's a pretty cool deal. And I like the NFL going over and playing in uh, in London. They'll do that a couple times and have for the past couple of years. Baseball's gone over there a little bit. But it's very similar to the crowds that you see in Omaha, where you have a lot of people sitting there that don't care. Yeah, although, did you see what they were talking about, the economic impact of that game? They said something like 30,000 Notre Dame fans traveled, and they're talking about economic impact to Dublin, like $159 million. Wow. We need to do a travel show. We, we need, need to, to go. We need to have a Southeastern Sports Group trip to Scotland and go watch soccer or something. Maybe we need to bring Notre Dame into Starkville and – have that kind of economic impact, and we can afford to repave some roads down here. Hey, is it talking about economic impact, did you see where Dolly Parton was in Philadelphia yesterday? 
Uh, yes, because... Two shows. I made the mistake <laughs> of looking at social media last night, and <laughs> roughly 89% of the people I know or have some association with went to see Dolly. i tell you who went to see Dolly, and that was Shane. Shane went to see Dolly. Shane at Strange Brew. Strange Brew Coffee House. Of course, Sunday Coffee brought to you by Strange Brew. Shane Reed, he's from Philadelphia. Woody, Woodrow, they own Woody's and Knox Pater. But uh, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. I stopped by this morning, got my blueberry-flavored coffee, put a little cream in it, a little sugar in it, feel great. I'm going to broadcast volleyball later today, and this will soothe the dulcet tones as I get ready for volleyball match number three of the weekend. Hey, go through the drive-thru at Strange Brew. You'll see a Bulldog Initiative sticker on the window. Yes, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. You can buy the coffee. They have the K-Cups. You can buy mugs, shirts, whatever you want online at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. And we are, as as we said, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. Our good friends at Farm Bureau, home life, auto, whatever you're in the market for in the insurance world. Talk to our good friends and agents at Farm Bureau. All right, Charlie, we're getting week for week number one for us. And so on Wednesday, we'll have our regular out of left field show on WFCA 107.9 out of French camp. You can go to WFCA.FM and on, uh, on Wednesday to listen to that show online. Our good friends, Jason Crowder, Chuck Bentley, those fine people over there. Ever since we kind of started this show, they've been putting it on over there. 100,000 watt radio station it covers about a third of the state of Mississippi. We're excited about our Wednesday show. And then on Friday, we'll have our tracks plus deep dig and so I was thinking about coming into today, and the, one of the good things about Sunday coffee that we like to do is just like this. We like to sit around and just kind of banner a little bit, but also kind of getting in the mode for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. I thought it would be good to get together, kind of share some numbers. All right, so on our Deep Dig, we do have, we tip, what do we typically do? Three numbers, two players, and then one other thing. And so... We tend to each go three numbers. We've had the debate over the years whether we go low to high on our numbers. But the one thing we have established is that you give your numbers before I do. Oh, okay. I'm not really not prepared. But I will um, kind That's of sh- the biggest fake Bart Gregory thing I've ever heard. That It's like every time you walk in a game, you know, hey, who do we play today? And then you've been studying that stuff all day. I'm the only guy <laughs> who can truly stake out the territory of not having prepared. Although, this weekend, your friend Darlene Miller, she <laughs> prepares a little bit, doesn't she? So, Darlene, Darlene Miller does a color on a volleyball broadcast, and, and she is the, the, uh, the best half of the Darlene Miller-James Miller combo. James Miller, of course, our men's basketball assistant coach. And so Darlene plates volleyball and Hey, I show up, I have never seen, and this is not a knock at you. It's not a knock at Matt White. It's not a knock at anyone I broadcast with at all, but Darlene kicks y'all when it comes to preparation. She shows up with about eight pages of color coded Excel spreadsheets about volleyball matches. And of course I walked in yesterday and I was like, Hey, y'all got a roster. And so, and I and I looked at her face, and I think it, you know, and I was like, "Hey, listen," and then I start spitting off stats 
about Northwestern State because I wanted her really then to think, okay, he has he has prepared for this. And so, yeah, that is my shtick is I'll walk in and say, okay, what's going on today? Who are we playing? And then I can give you like 18 stats because I have studied. I do study for stuff. Well, I typically don't, but <laughs> so I'll never forget one of the very first baseball games I was doing. Don Williams, who used to be the Learfield guy, and I'm sitting in, I was filling in for Jim Ellis, and it's a Tuesday night game. He walks in and says, you know, what conference is this team in? I was like, nah, I don't know. And he was like, well, you ought to know you're broadcasting the game. I mean, he was basically the guy we reported to, right? And I just looked at him. I said, Don, we've still got two minutes. <laughs> exactly. And he just looked at me. <laughs> kind of smiled and but the thing about out. but the thing about baseball when you get to about game fifteen in baseball and you know your team and you've been really looking at box scores about the other teams in the league, you can do a baseball broadcast. We're literally just walking in the booth because you have so many stats about everybody, and not saying that I do that. Yeah, you can do it much easier on a Tuesday than a Saturday. Darlene, however. Darlene gets babysitters, locks the kids outside, and goes to work. Yeah, and she does a great job. I will say that. She does a really good job. All that being said, I know you've gone to work, so I want to hear what your three numbers are. Three numbers. Okay, my first number, and this is for Mississippi State to me, if if you look at the end of the year and we have success. All right, yeah, hang on, clarify. Uh, Exactly. I don't know what success is. Well, Hang on one second. Normally, when we go into a game on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, what we do is we have three numbers that are going to impact that game, and we want to look at these numbers because we think they'll tell the story. The idea today is we're going to look each at three numbers so that we have success for the year. So that's the premise of what we're doing. But I think you just hit a big word. Before we get into the numbers, what does success this season look like to you? I don't know. And and I hate to say it like that because – we could have, and we said this the past few weeks, we could have a good football team and be 7-5. and five. I mean, that's how fine the line is in this league this year. And so these numbers, I think, you know, are going to you know, be a big factor in whether you have success, absolutely, but whether it's going to be the difference in winning seven games versus ten games, I don't know. My first number is 15, and that's the number of sacks that um, I don't think we can exceed – in SEC play. Allowing. We can not allow fifteen more than 15 sacks. Last year, we were sacked 19 times in SEC play. Okay, so what does all this mean? I looked at Western Michigan stats from two years ago. They had a really good offense under Kevin Barbet, and I like Kevin Barbet a lot. He's a good dude, and he's a cool dude to be around, and I think he really understands. You know, there are guys who are football gurus, and I don't want to you know, say savant or anything like that, but I'm just saying he's a good dude that I think understands about getting the ball in the hands of playmakers. They had a great offense at Western Michigan two years ago, but they were sacked 31 times. Last year at Appalachian State, they were sacked 20 times. We, on the other hand, conversely, were sacked 24 times last year total, but 19 times in SEC play. I think we have to be better this year because sometimes in SEC games, you were giving up five sacks against Auburn and four sacks against Ole Miss. You can't afford to have games like that where Will Rogers is running for his life. Now, I will say this. Let me ask you this question. From a sack standpoint, we threw it a high number of times. The quantity was high under Mike Leach about throwing the football, but you had a lot of short passes. You had – 
the checkdowns to really stay out of the sack game. We're going to go down the field a little bit more this year, more big plays. You may see more big plays in the backfield. Are you going to see more sacks or fewer sacks this year, even though you're throwing the ball less? I think you could because what is the thing we keep hearing? More explosive plays, right? We want more throws down the field, which takes more time. So so you may see the sacks yeah. go up. I don't know that we're going to have the safety blankets in this offense yeah. the way that we've had. And it's hard to check down when, you know, everybody's 15 yards down the field. You, you, I mean, it's just it's, as a quarterback. Now, what brings the number 15 into play for me, and I'm going to bring this into play a couple times, is I think you're going to have – you are going to have fewer plays this year. That's one of the things we did see last night that was a little bit different because the game moved on a little bit quicker. You're not going to see the, the stoppage of the clock after first downs. You're going to have fewer plays, fewer offensive plays this year. So, yes, we in we are much like a potato chip company where the bag's still the same. We're just going to have fewer chips in it. These games are going to grow to the same length. We're going to get less football in the same amount of time. <laughs> They're just selling more ads, man. Well, yeah, they are. All right, so 15 sacks, and that's an SEC play. So it'll be a couple weeks before we actually start that tally. That's We don't give up 15 sacks, more than 15 sacks in SEC play. That's my first number. Hey, real quick, to, to hit on your point, you're not stopping the clock except for late in the halves after first down. So how, what do you think the net effect is going to be? Has anybody done the math and figured out – you're going to run five fewer plays a team. What does it mean? Let me uh, – I'm not sure. Is it going to be five? Is it going to be seven? Is it going to be ten? All right, and what's the old adage that Bill Parcells used to say that, you know, that, that bad teams want to shorten the game? What is oh, it? You say that the game is too long for bad teams. The game is too long for bad teams. Are you going to see more upsets because you, because you have fewer plays? And the ability to run the clock, right? Right. You know, you look at what Kevin Barbe did at Texas A&M last year. Takes App State over there, has the ball, what, 42 minutes? Yeah. In that game? Play keep away. May imagine see a little if bit. the clock isn't stopping. Yeah. Yeah, imagine if the clock isn't stopping. Yeah. All right, 65 plays. My, my second number is 65. 65 plays over 20 yards. We're talking about explosive plays. And the reason I say 65 plays, last year Auburn had 66 plays over 20 yards, and that was eighth best in the SEC. And so to me, I'm looking at trying to get to the middle of the pack in big plays over 20 yards because that's kind of where our offense is designed, is is having the plays over 20 yards. And this could be the rushing game, this could be the passing game, but 65 plays over the entire season. So that's, you know, over five and a half per game. And the reason I say you want to get the eighth best in the league, I mean, that puts you ahead of six teams, right? Vanderbilt is not going to have a bunch of plays over 20 yards, you don't think. Kentucky, A&M, will A&M have a bunch of big plays? Arkansas, I mean, so you don't you have some teams in the league that may not have big play potential. I'm looking for like eighth best in the league, which puts you to about 65 plays over 20 yards. Okay, so five a game or so. Yeah, five a game, five or so. All right, my third number for us to have, I think, a good year, and that's 100, and that's the number of tackles for Buki Watson. Now, Buki had 113 tackles last year, and I know you're sitting there saying, 
100 tackles. Are you playing off the shorter game stick here? Playing off the shorter game stick here. Going to be fewer plays. All right. The second thing to me is, and this may be the biggest, if he gets to 100 tackles, that tells me he's probably made it through the year being healthy. Now, he had a half a game last year where he did play because of targeting. Well, you think about targeting again this year because, they, I mean, they've gotten, they've gotten penalty happy about targeting. And so, to me, if he gets to 100 tackles, that tells me that Buki is healthy and we need a healthy Buki Watson. You have fewer plays to get those tackles. You know what else it tells me? What you got? Defensive line yes, playing pretty well. that's what I was going to bring up. Defensive line. You think about Aaron Brule, and I hate to bring up Aaron Brule, who transferred last year. But a few years ago, Aaron Brule had a really good season making tackles. And then the next year, you come out and you say, man, the production is not there for Aaron Brule. Errol Thompson was the same thing. Same, time, the same exact thing with Errol Thompson. So much about linebacker tackles is about how well the defensive line is playing. No Cam Young this year. You've got different, you know, and so it tells you a lot about the health of your defensive line. Can blockers get to the second level to block a Buki Watson or a Jet Johnson? And so to me, defensive line play is going to tell you a lot about the number of tackles that Buki Watson has. And I'm going to set, I'm going to set it. If he gets to triple digits this year, Buki Watson, we're going to have a pretty good year. I think defensive line play is going to be – a huge factor because I think, you know, if he and Jet, J.P. Purvis, John Lewis, those guys can run around, I feel like we'll be okay. I think you've seen some dramatic changes in linebacker play based on the quality of defensive line play. I feel pretty good about that, mostly because Crumity's back. You know, you played two-thirds of your year without him last year. And you were basically a top 25 defense without him, and you were a top 10 defense with him. Yeah, and, and like I said, it goes back to the point in today's world about the health. It's not about those guys being productive or less productive. It's are they on the field. And so I think the numbers for Buki Watson are going to be based on his health and the health of the defensive line. All, All right, right, so my numbers are 15, the total number of sacks that we can give up in SEC play. 65, the number of plays over 20 yards for the season. We need to write these down and look at them at the end of the season. And then 100, and that's the number of tackles for Buki Watson. All right, what's your three numbers? So my first number is five, and that is the net turnover margin that I would like to see us have across this season. When it's all said and done, we add it up, we need to have five more takeaways than we have giveaways turning the ball over. Okay, so along those lines, too, we talk about the, the big plays on offense, and you may give up more sacks. To me, too, if you're going to be more aggressive down the field, does that turn into more interceptions and turn into more turnovers? Yeah, it certainly could. And, and here's what I look at, though. What I'm looking at is a team who, over the past few years, we've we've been adding to our win total, right? You know, you got – four or five, whatever it is, and then you get to seven, then you get to nine. If we want to be at that nine, ten mark, what do you have to do? And if you look at teams who have exceeded expectations over the past couple of years, let's take Ole Miss in 21. It's a year they go to the Sugar Bowl. They had a turnover margin that year of nine, meaning they took it away nine times more than they gave it up to lead the league. Last year, kind of the flavor of the week, you know, was Tennessee, right? Everybody was excited about Tennessee. They had the win against Alabama. 
their turnover margin was 11. Wow. And to put that in perspective, ours was three, and we were third in the league. That's crazy. And so you say, all right, we've if you want to be special, you want to do some good things, you need to have a way to get a little bit better than you have been in turnover margin. Here's what scares me. I don't know how we get there. Last year, we had 14 interceptions. Oh, yeah. Hey, I mean, we had a cornerback that was as good as there was in the country at going and getting balls. Yeah, so when I'm talking about interceptions, to, to clarify, I'm talking about how many we intercepted. Of those numbers, think of this, you had Forbes who had six. Three of those were for touchdowns. Nobody's going to match that. No. Jalen Green had two. Jackie Matthews had two. Colin Duncan had one. Tyrus Weed had one. That's 12 of your 14 picks are gone. DeCamrian Richardson, who I really like as a corner, zero. Let me ask, so Forbes, losing Forbes, and that's all we've talked about, is losing Forbes, losing Jalen Green. But the guy you just brought up with Jackie Matthews, is that the guy? I mean, if you start thinking about people that, that are not being talked about that you lose, we talked about losing Cam Young. We talk about losing Tyrus Wheat. But is Jackie Matthews also – I mean, is he the guy that we're not talking about? You're sitting there going, you know, week number six and say, man, we missed Jackie Matthews. I think we – if I were like to power rank the list of things that we will sit around and complain about, I think the secondary and in particular the back of the secondary is going to be – it's going to be a question mark. It is going to be a question mark. Now, can we get pressure to them before they can throw it? That's <laughs> that'll be a big key. You now, I mean, can you get Buki Watson and Jet Johnson, and can you get you know, pressure with your front four? Because if you ain't got time to throw it, you can't get it down the field. Yeah, but that puts a lot of pressure on you, doesn't it? As a defense coordinator, to say, I have to take more chances. Yep. I got to get to them. I got to bring more pressure. Yep. All right. So that's your first number. So, my first number is five. That's our net turnover margin. That'll have us in the top couple of teams in the league. If you want to make a jump, I think you've got to improve there. My second number is 29. Points per game versus power five teams. So okay. what's your? I know you've got some kind of written down bunch of stats about where we've been the past several years. Well, I got to thinking about this. If there is one complaint, and this goes back to Dan, to Joe, to Mike, to to the past number of years, I think we have had games where we have looked really good on offense. We've had games where we've gone up to Oxford and you say, man, we were good. We've had games, at least second half at Auburn, where we move the football and do these things. But then historically, we've had games where we haven't shown up. We've had our 41 to nothings and 35, you know, trying to score on the last play against Alabama to make it respectable, right? And that's what kills your averages. You have – couple of games a year you just don't compete the other so I go back here offensively the best year we have had in the past decades 2014 right yeah all right we averaged 34 points a game against power five teams and the whole idea of power five is I'm taking away your non-conference games I'm taking away for the most part you'll get Arizona but we don't care about Stephen F Austin yeah we're taking that out of this and then in 15, you came back and averaged 29. You did the same thing in 16. You averaged 27 in 2017. So you're right in there. And I don't know what happened in 18 and 19. More um, offense. 
But we averaged 20 a game against Power 5 teams. More cowbell. <laughs> they have more offense. Uh, but we've been getting better. 26, just over 26 last year. I think if we are going to have success this year, we have to do a better job scoring against good competition. And I'm not even saying necessarily have to win the game, but I just feel better if I've got an offense that doesn't come out and be inept. Yeah, from a from a average standpoint, as you said, the numbers have been skewed over the past few years just by that zero or that three or that seven against the really good teams. Because you've had some good offensive games, but you have been just dreadful in some of those games too. Basically, all I'm asking is let's score four touchdowns a game on average. And if you can't, then you're not going to have a great season. Last time we did it, though, 14, 15, 16, we did it three years in a row. All right, and then my last number, and this is – go ahead. Now, I will say this. 2016, we scored a bunch of points, but that was Peter Sermon's defensive coordinator year, and that, we gave up a bunch. That was uh, – <laughs> what was the old thing of hurry up, let them score so we can get the ball back? <laughs> yeah. That, that was that year, right? Whoever has the ball last. We ought to circle that 29.3. Um, my last number, I'm going to go off script a little bit, 3,400 to 3,600. So 3,400 dash 3,600. That's the band of passing yards I'd like to see for Will Rogers, which is a step back for him. It's 260 to 275 a game. Why do I want to see that? Because I think it shows that we've got a little more balance. I think it takes – you know, we all we talk about – over the years is like the limitations that Will has. But we took a guy who, if you want to say, okay, he's got limitations, we have made – who doesn't, by the way? But what I'm saying is if you accept that premise, then you make him one-dimensional and you take away any threat of a running game, any threat of sophisticated blocking schemes. Now we're adding that. We're becoming more variable. What I'm saying is let's play like it. Now, you said 3,400 to 3,600. Mm-hmm. Now I will say, you know, what did we? What did I say last week? I'll be happy with three thousand. I will. Now you're asking for a lot more. No, I'm looking for a bowl game here, and if we're, <laughs> you know, so I'm talking all thirteen games. You are, and so okay. But you know, you go back and you look. Dak had in fifteen, he was at two hundred ninety yards a game. So I'm not asking. And we did run the ball a lot then. Then we did run the ball a lot with Dak then. But we ran it less in 15 than in 14. Oh, yeah, because I mean, we threw it more in 15. We did. We did. All right, so those three numbers brought to you by our good friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville. Cannon Ford, they have three things that they can do really, really well. Actually, they do a lot you know, more than three things well. One is they sell cars. They do that great, a great job there. The body shop, if you get a ding, the bumper, the body shop is fantastic. And then the service center is great. So that three-headed monster was sales, service, and the body shop at Cannon Ford of Start. We'll go by and see our good friends Chris Keen and the fine gang out on Highway 182 east of Startwell and get you a new or used car. And uh, the service center is outstanding, though. If you need to get your oil changed, just simple things like the oil change car, your tires rotated, you need a spread bed liner, 
uh, talk to our good friends at Cannon Ford of Startville. And also, Sunday Coffee brought to you by our good friends at uh, Country Pleasing Sausage. Had some Country Pleasing first thing this morning. The butcher shop is fantastic down at Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 in Florence, Mississippi. Country Pleasing, a, a brand that comp- uh, continues to branch out. Man, they have gone all over the south now to the Midwest, over into Texas. It continues to grow as a company, Country Pleasing Sausage. Charlie, all right, yeah, there's a three, uh, three big numbers for each of us, and we'll have our three big numbers each week on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Three shows a week starting this coming week with our midweek show. Probably need to talk to – we're going to talk to somebody, get you ready for football as far as somebody on the coaching staff. And then uh, deep dig on Friday. We'll play football on Saturday and then back in here on Sunday. And we'll You forgot our two players. So that's one thing we also do on our Tracks Plus deep dig is we have two players. All right, two players, real quick. Two players. We talk about the numbers – to, to be successful this year, who are two players that nobody's really talking about? Who are two guys? And, and you can't say Will Rogers. You can't say Woody Marks. You can't say Buki Watson. Who I'm are, going to say J.P. Purvis. Okay. And the reason I'm going to say that, I thought he looked really good last year in spot duty. You know, if Buki had to come out, he was going in. You're having to replace Tyrus Weed who has been a really good football player for us the past several years. And Purvis, who I thought one of the things that really stood out about him was his quickness, now he's bulked up. He is a much bigger dude than he was a year ago. Can he still move around? Can he still do something? I'm not asking that J.P. Purvis be first-team all-conference, second-team all-conference, but if he gets discussion for honorable mention, we will have had a really good football team. All right, I'm good with that. What about uh, on the offensive side? I'm going to try to think about a wide receiver. If we're thinking about big plays, who you got to have, I think Justin Robinson. Justin Robinson, who had the great bowl game, is that his breakout performance? Is that one that kind of flips the switch for him? Started his career at Georgia. I'm going to go Justin Robinson. So, on that point, let me ask you this question. Do you think we could have more stars emerge as receivers in this offense than the old one. Yes. Meaning, if you look at the Mike Leach approach, we were playing eight, nine, ten guys a game. We're not going to see that. We're going to see fewer guys. We're going to see less sharing of the ball. You know, and this is not a knock at the at the Mike Leach style of offense, but it was one of those – it was an offense that was kind of weird from a standpoint of there was constant rotation. And, you know, Wally may get – two good catches in a row, but you may not see him for another two quarters. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's the thing about Kevin Barbet and going back to that old theory of he's going to get the ball to the hot hand. I think if he can find a mismatch with with Justin Robinson, he's going to continue to go to Justin Robinson. And I think he's the guy with the body with the chance to to really do some things. I think you're going to see Tulu and Xavion used a lot, but – I think you've got a chance to see people emerge as stars. So, two players then, Justin Robinson, J.P. Purvis. All right. Uh, Finally, we always have our one more thing. My one more thing is this. I wonder if we are being underrated as a football team right now because of who our head coach is. In in this day and age where it just seems like for the past ten years, the guys are going to get the head coaching jobs are – 
offensive coordinators who wear a visor. You know, just just guys who are a little too good looking, speak a little too well at press conferences. We got an old school, yeah, coach. Does it, does that contribute to to where we are? That people you got a defensive coach, which doesn't turn a lot of heads, particularly when you're on a a Mike Leach staff. In the world of TikTok, the world of social media, I think it does. I think it does matter. And from from a perception standpoint with the quote-unquote media out there. So, um, you know, unfortunately so. And now, too, you know, when they start <laughs> when they start ranking teams over at Media Days in the SEC, I mean, if, if you've got, you know, a website of gobstopperfootball.com, you get a vote. So, I mean, does that really matter? <laughs> So, all right, hey, anything else for the good of the cause? No, that's it for me today. Well, good. That's good. Hey, appreciate you guys joining us. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship you the coffee. They'll ship you the K-Cups, mugs, whatever you need. Our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House on Spring Street and Highway 12 here in Starkville, in Tupelo at Brupolo, and now in Tuscaloosa as well. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at Favorites. Our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage, go to countrypleasing.com. If you live in the Willamette Valley in Oregon and you were like, you know what, I want to get some of that sausage, they'll ship it to you. Go to countrypleasing.com, all the different varieties, the regular, the jalapeno cheddar, the pineapple pork, it's all good now. The crawfish and pork, it's outstanding. And so our friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville, Cannon Ford, nobody beats a Cannon deal Nobody. And then Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. Bank First. Places all throughout Mississippi and eastern Alabama or western Alabama. And so Bank First continuing to grow. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. And so football season is here. We count it down to Saturday. State and southeastern Louisiana at 3 o'clock. And so the game number one for the dogs this upcoming week. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.